0: If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Charmaine Spencer. Charmaine's an eventing specialist, competitor, trainer, She's also a coach and coach educator in eventing. She specialises in competing and preparing elite level eventers for sale at two star, three star and four star level. She's also running, you know, she's got a family, children and does some course design and runs her property at Heritage Hill in New South Wales. How are you today, Charmaine?
1: Hi, Glenys. Thanks for having me.
0: That's okay, Charmaine. Great to have you here. I've been looking forward to it. Now, Charmaine, we often start off with an inspirational quote or a quote that you use when you're teaching people. Have you got one for us?
1: Uh, I'd say my message to most people is keep kicking right on and look ahead.
0: I think that's a pretty good one for cross-country, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It seems to be my quote that I use all of the time when I'm teaching. So it seems pretty appropriate as this kind of interview.
0: Cross-country can be a bit daunting for some people. So just to think, if that's all I've got to do, just, you know, keep kicking, look up, ride on, you know, that can help give them confidence too. Do you think that it helps give people confidence? It's given you confidence in the past?
1: Yeah, I think so. Look, you know, I can teach anyone from little, little ones, you know, Pony Club kids all the way through to the elite. And uh, it really does just um, come down to that. Make sure you're staying on track, stay in the middle straight, and, and look up. So, yeah, it does. It keeps them focused on what's going on uh, coming up ahead of them, mm. and definitely the horses then, then stay in a straight line. So, yeah, I, I think it is a, a good way to begin and finish your lesson
0: for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's technical, but it's you know it's a basic level so people can understand it, but still technically correct to just keep going.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Charmaine, thinking about your first memories with horses, what were they?
1: I actually started as a hack rider, so a um, years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I went to Sydney Royal and Canberra and Brisbane Royals and competed against uh, lots of the riders that, that go on to become either dressage riders or show jumpers or eventers. And I think it's a really good grounding as a hack rider to you know take that on to something more specialised.
0: Do you think that the accuracy required for hack riding has helped you with the dressage and the presentation skills and a few of those other things?
1: Yeah, I think it gives you a good grounding for, um, for etiquette. I think it is a big thing, whether it be, you know, in the hacking or in a dressage arena. But the general etiquette of hacking is a good grounding, definitely presentation that follows through, you know, making the horses look good, keeping them in a good fitness and presenting them in such a way that, you know, you go on to be out there in specialist dressage arenas or uh, hack but it gives you a great understanding of being able to ride around people as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, that takes you into any practice arena that there is also.
0: Yep, yep. Okay, now going from royal showing and hacking, that's still a big jump to three-day eventing. What got you interested in the jumping and the eventing? What was the steps there?
1: Uh, we moved to a pony club that you know, took us into jumping, mm-hmm. and their main focus way back, way back then. It was a long time ago now. You know, we started jumping back then, and from there, I think the grounding of you know doing hacking brought me into dressage, and so I quite enjoy the dressage side of things. But then to go into cross-country just is a whole new realm, but it's such an exhilarating sport that we have and it just makes it so much more fun again. But I think the training is what I enjoy probably the most and, yeah, bringing young horses up and through the grades is a real buzz.
0: Okay, okay. Because you teach a lot of young riders. What do you see, if you have got a group of young riders What would make a young rider stand out for you that you think they'd be able to go on and become a good rider and become a bold event rider and jumper you know what core skills or character traits would they need to have
1: yeah look i think you do need to have a lot of confidence in your horse and and trust in your horse but then i think the kids that i teach the children that i teach are they have a little bit of guts about them you know it's quite definite that they want to get there and, and have a goal i think you know by having a goal they end up going on So you see the kids that come along, if they're just wafting along, you don't know whether they're really going to make, but the ones that are really gutsy and want to get in there, they're really exciting. And then you can mold them to be, you know, have a little more uh, prestige about them. But I think the ones that have got a little bit of guts and go about them, they're the exciting ones that, you know, want to take it to the next level and and improve on themselves.
0: Okay. Okay. What do you think then? You've got the kids at that level. What keys do you think they need to have then to excel in their career?
1: You mean in writing ability? Yeah I think writing ability you know is, is a big thing but I think determination probably outweighs more the talent so you can have a lot of talented writers that aren't necessarily going to go along but the kids that have got the grit and determination that want to strive to the best that they can be they're the ones that I love teaching.
0: Mhm mhm you've obviously been influenced by quite a lot of people who have taught you in the past who have that have they been and what sort of lessons have you learned from them
1: well, my grandfather was a jockey to start with. So, you know, that was quite influential way back then. And my mum rode herself. Mm-hmm. But from then, I've had lots of lots of different teachers along the way. I've been taught by, well, Steve Gladstone was a, an amazing hack rider way back when I was a hacky. From then, I went on to have lessons with Fiona Hughes. I've had lessons with Heath Ryan. I've had lessons with all of the elite coaches that are these days, Prue Barrett and Craig Barrett. Sam Lyle, mm-hmm. uh, so they've all, you know, moulded me when I was all on the on the national squad for a little while back, and I think now, you know, you, you start to look at in different areas as well, not just within our sport, but different areas, you know, going back into how the horses are broken in, so I wouldn't say that there's one in particular person, mm-hmm. but definitely a lot of influenced me along the way.
0: So when you say other people, people that have taught you more about horsemanship than you know, like you said, outside the sport. So people that you're looking at to learn horsemanship, horse skills from?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just even on the ground stuff. So, you know, I'm not saying that I'm a a liberty person at all, um, but just general horsemanship and understanding the way the horses go, understanding what shapes their minds being really aware of the young horses that come along and, you know, race trainers that have taken them off the track or that I've taken them from racehorse trainers and just understanding where they've been, where the horse has been mm. and just learning from those people along the way really helps you mould the young ones. I've had so many young horses off the track uh, and produce them into three-day event horses and uh, I think, you know, just Being around lots of different people is a lot more important than just taking advice from one particular person all the time.
0: Yes, yeah, and I like the way that you're broadening your knowledge. It's not just learning about top event riders and coaches. You're also learning from people about what's shaping the horse's mind, where they've come from, and learning about ground skills as well that can complement your life with the horses. It's not just all about the competitions. It's about living with them and training them as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and really understanding you know, that each horse has a different way of going. Sometimes the horse on the ground isn't the horse that you ride, but it definitely helps you shape the way that you're going to end up training them.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell me some horses who've influenced you.
1: Horses that I've had of my own? Yeah. Uh, look, Star Portrait, he was a hack, not that I rode him as a hack, but he was a hack when I started eventing, and I got him and started him from the very beginning. Now, he taught me a lot. I took him from the start. Uh, he was my first three-star horse. I think that he taught me a fair few things. He definitely made me hang on. He knew his, knew his job. But he was a quirky little character and made me a gutsy rider to the fence.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely
1: showed me a few things. I think I broke a few bones off him as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he definitely showed me a lot along the way. Megastar, who I rode for, star down at Adelaide. I had a lot of problems with him early on, and um, I think I could have knocked him on the head a few times in the early days. Look, he he kept me honest and he kept me trying. And um, I think when they're talented, they have their quirks and they have their little inabilities and you turn those weaknesses into strengths and definitely um, improves your own character. Also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Good, good. All right. Now, what do you think your proudest moment's been?
1: Oh, proudest moment, proudest uh, riding moment, I guess. In eventing, would have to be winning Sydney three-day event Mm -hmm. in the three-star. So that was back um, a while ago, back in 2006. And uh, that was that horse I was just talking about, Megastar. And he was a tricky guy, but I was more than thrilled to win that event. The likes of Stuart Tinney and Chris Burton, Heath Ryan were all in the lineup with me, but I was very excited to be up there in first place at that point in time. And then I think I went on to ride that horse at... Adelaide four-star and uh, I think we came six, six or seven, I can't remember now, isn't that terrible? But uh, yeah, he was so bold and so brave and definitely showed me a few different tricks and made me, I guess, the right I am today a little more so. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Sounds like you've got some fantastic memories there with him. What do you think's been your biggest challenge?
1: I'd say getting horses off the track that you have thought that are going to be really good but then... I think also realising that some just aren't going to make the grade, and you know some horses you just can't make, so you have to work out what their strengths are and then head them in a different direction. So sometimes it's actually pulling back and understanding that you need to back off sometimes mm-hmm. um and work out what that particular horse, what his job will be. Sometimes it's not eventing. Sometimes they need to go in a different direction. So, yeah, so that's that's a challenge in itself, you know, being able to step back and say and understand what the situation is and turn it into something better for that particular horse.
0: Mm -hmm. Because just because the horse isn't going to be fantastic at eventing, it doesn't mean he's not going to be a fantastic horse for someone else for you to use in another area.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. I've had several horses along the way and I think oh this could be amazing and it just doesn't possibly turn out the way you want it to be but you need to find another job for that horse and you know turn it into that and you know it may turn out to only be a pony pub horse or might turn out to, you know, be, be something else or just address our choice, not just address our horse but address our horse mm-hmm. And it may not want to jump. So yeah, sometimes that is a challenge to say, okay, I'm gonna turn it into something else and not pursue its eventing career. Sure. Um I think the other challenges, you know, is having students that don't realise that they can be as good as they can be and boosting them up. That's another big challenge and I really enjoy
0: that. Okay. Good. What about, you know, as you're riding and teaching and everything else, what's a common fault or a common, something that you see people do that you just want to get in there and teach them and give them a lesson um, to get them on the right track? Have you got something for us today that you can, you know, a fault that you see but also the lesson that you'd like to give them?
1: Yeah, well, I often see people hanging on the inside rein, but I guess that's a very common, common thing. So people that hang on the inside rein, is a very common fault in my book. Uh, I'm very big on position, so I'm constantly correcting a rider's positions, making sure they sit up, making sure they've got good hands. There's nothing worse than seeing hands that are lazy hands and they sit down, but they hold the reins and keep the contact is really big for me. But yeah, position is a really big thing for me. So if you can sit well, can ride well. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the correct seat, and you don't have the correct position, then everything else is going to follow and the horse is going to go in that direction as well. So if you sit well and you have the best position that you can have, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing that I probably work on with a
0: lot of my students. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website, again, is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. Do you think that goes across the board? You know, if they've got a good position in their dressage, they've then got a good position Cross country and then show jumping, or does it go that sometimes that they can have a good position or exceed in a position in a particular skill and not so much in the others?
1: Uh, look, I think position works across the board. Mm-hmm. Having a stable, balanced, centred position, and then you can produce that into a jumping rider. You often though do see that there are really good jump jockeys, uh, you know, jumping riders that don't quite have the feel it takes to become a dressage rider so you often see you know some kids have got good balance and they're galloping along but they can't quite manage to sit to the trot very well so yeah it's some ways that sometimes it works both directions and you need to you know improve in in that way Mm -hmm. but often if you've got a good dressage seat you've then got a good balance to jump as well okay
0: Okay. And what about the position then? The differences between the jumping position, say, so show jumping and eventing, or how does the position change between fences? You know, if they're going to jump into water or down a drop, say, or, Hiya. you know, how does the position change there between the different types of fences?
1: Uh well, I always teach two-point feet, so we always mm-hmm. you know, make sure that we've got a really deep heel. We always make sure that our stirrups are short enough. Uh, I do do a lot of clinics where you turn up, and there are some riders that don't have their stirrup short enough, and I seem to put them up a lot, and they kind of question me. But I like to get them up and have their stirrups shorter so that they can get out of the saddle, in their two-point seat in between the jumps. It gives the horse a much better feel when galloping cross country, and then they can sink back down into a light three-point seat. But if they've got their stirrup short enough, um, they've got all of the angles correct between their ankle, their knee, their hip, they're going to be able to fold a little better and yet stay centred. It definitely helps them when they've shortened their stirrups, but we live up in Tamworth. There's a lot of riders up here that haven't learned to shorten their stirrups well enough at these uh, sometimes. So yeah, that that definitely takes a lot of my time shortening stirrups to jump.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Now, have you got a book that you could recommend for people to complement their riding?
1: Look, I grew up in the you know in the EA system where you know we. Our first ever book, I guess, was the Level One Principles of Writing. Mm-hmm. It definitely does the explain that a lot. Yeah, yeah, German Principles of Writing. Um, it definitely um, does explain a lot, and it's pretty clear. And uh, it, you know, if you can get that and read it, it does lay it all out in simple um, in simple English. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, and, and some people do want to read those sorts of books. Yeah. Um, the other book that I like a confirmation for horses. You know, you can never. <laughs> learn enough about confirmation for horses. But definitely, um, you know, the German Principles of Riding Book, where we learnt that in, you know, our Level 1 training way back is a book that, yeah, will take you through.
0: Okay. Now, just regarding the confirmation, because you had said earlier that sometimes you get horses off the track that you think are going to go well, then they just don't make the grade. Is that because you look at them when you buy a horse, you're looking for confirmation? What are you mainly looking for? Confirmation, movement, jumping style? Or a combination of everything, uh, first, or something else.
1: Yeah, I guess first and foremost, I like to look at their brain. That would be the best part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if they've got a good brain and they're willing to to work for you, you can generally work with anything. But if they haven't got a good brain, then you're starting, you know, way behind the eight ball. So if they've got a good brain, that's that's a definite one to go with, and then you can work around the confirmation. But I I don't like them too big. I like them um, a little bit. But a 16-hand, 16-1 for me is a good size, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not too tall either. So, But, yeah, well put together, short back makes it so much nicer. A long length of rein would be really good and definitely, you know, good feet if that's possible. Otherwise, you need, a, you know, a good farrier all the time. Yep. But I, I like their brain to be in order first, probably before any confirmation.
0: Okay, okay. All right. Now, what are you looking forward to, Charmaine?
1: This year, I've got actually a few young ones this year, so which are quite exciting, and they're all ones that I've bred, so not necessarily special breeding ones, but ones that have been bred here. Uh, I've got a five-year-old that's going to to um, have its first ninety-five start, and it's out already show jumping around, metre five-meter ten. So I really think it should be my next three-star horse, and uh, and yeah, a couple down the line. I actually sold my uh, good three-star horse last year. So I'm back down to the young ones again and producing them from the start, So, mm-hmm. which is quite a, quite, um, quite a buzz. I love riding the young ones around the grades because you actually never know what's going to happen. So it, it is a buzz, sometimes probably more scary than riding <laughs> the three-star horses. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. All right. Now, just summing up your philosophy, well, you know, with riding, training, competing, how can you sort of sum it up into a lesson today?
1: I think consistency is the key. Mm-hmm. So if you can be consistent in your training, you need to, you know, ride every day, even if it's only ten minutes a day. But if you can make sure that you're consistent in the way that you take on board a horse if you can be consistent in the education of that horse it's the way to go so consistent repetition uh, is something that I try to follow all the time
0: okay good
1: I try not to jump from you know one thing to another too much so just consistent repetition I think is the
0: key (laughs) okay now Charmaine how can people contact you
1: Oh, we're actually we have we've got a website. So yep. Heritage Hill Equine Centre yep. is our website, either through Facebook under the name Heritage Hill, or just my name, Charmaine Spencer. My number's is also zero four one four five double seven two seven three, and uh, all through those um, through those avenues here, we can be contacted for sure.
0: Okay, and those details will be available as well on horsechats dot com slash Charmaine Spencer. Charmaine thank you for talking to us today it's been fantastic I've um, certainly enjoyed talking to you you know just listening about what you're doing I like you, the way you're talking about the horse's brain and you know sort of going back to some of the basics like the principles of riding you know as a, as a complement to your skills all right and thanks for talking to us okay, and well uh, thank you and hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime soon brilliant
1: thanks so much for having me
0: okay bye if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe